What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. This is your sign to start that business. Like if you could take black entrepreneurialism as a stock, I would probably put all of my money on it, all of it, because I feel like it's a community that is figuring out they probably should be dominating the entrepreneurial landscape in America. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now let's jump into the video. So Donna, I'm 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 gonna straight up and ask you a direct question from the very beginning, um, and thank you again for being on the show. Uh, but you are a wealthy uh, white guy who has made millions of dollars, and you have over 200 coaches inside of your mastermind, and you're teaching them pretty much how to make millions of dollars and how to do masterminds, high value masterminds. But one thing that I've learned from just knowing you that has always shocked me is that you're the only white guy inside <laughs> of this mastermind. And I'm like, I'm confused right now because that's that's different. I, I got to ask you, what are you teaching? Why are you so passionate about, you know, um, black people, minority people making millions especially as a white guy. I just got to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, um, it's a great question, and I don't know if I know the answer to totally, except that's just where curiosity takes you sometimes, and friendship takes you, right? Yeah. But, yeah, we have 200 coaches. Uh, it's a pretty diverse group. We, we have some African-American coaches, you know, probably like 10%, and then Latinos 10%, and then about 50-50 women, men. We, we don't intentionally make it that way. Anybody who's willing to pay us to become a coach can, can become one. Uh, but they all teach masterminds, and then I teach, a, I teach one mastermind, and it's a black-owned business cohort. And wow. uh, this, was, this happened about a little over two years ago when George Floyd was murdered. Uh, I didn't want to do the standard white thing, which is go on Instagram and say that this makes you sick. So I said, hey, we're not going to – I told my team we're not going to Instagram anything about it. Uh, what we're going to do is start a black-owned business cohort. <sighs> and we're going to – you know, everything we do is going to be with action, not with words. And I, what I – and Anthony, you know, to be brutally honest, I, I was really kind of like going, I'm going to go in and save the day. <laughs> and we get in there. And I get in this black-owned business cohort, and within, like, it felt like minutes, we just became a family. And I, I learned, you know, as much or more from them than they ever did from me. We've been meeting for two years, and we have seen significant growth yeah. in the businesses that, that uh, are in that cohort. Uh, we started with about six of us at that first dinner, and there's probably 15 to 20 now. Who You know, some of them show up, some of them don't, but... We, you know, at, at any given meeting, we'll have about 12. And uh, it's everything from, you know, the cupcake collection to personal trainers to coaching businesses to uh, Brown Mama Bear is a kind of ministry slash business uh, um, from a woman named Shanera who's who raised three daughters in a white community. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, all sorts of stuff. The Entrepreneur Center here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. It's been really, really incredible. And I, I think that the the only thing that I can figure of like why did I was I drawn to that specific mastermind was I just grew up. I grew up. Uh, feeling like I, I was marginalized, even though I was a white person. Mm. I, you know, I grew up, my, my dad wasn't around, and most of my friends had dads. Uh, we were very poor, and many of my friends were sort of upper middle class. And so I just kind of felt like I never really belonged. And so I think there's a, a sentiment in the black community, especially amongst entrepreneurialism, where they feel a little bit like outsiders. Mm. And I, and I just identified with that. Uh, I, I, I think I also now believe two years in that, like, if I were going to bet on a stock, like if you could take black entrepreneurialism as a stock, I would probably put all of my money on it. All of it, because I feel like it's a community that is figuring out that um, that they probably and I hope I don't get in trouble for this down the road. They probably should be dominating the entrepreneurial landscape in America, and their their creative ideas have been burdened and hindered by both, you know, some systemic racism, but some self belief and self doubt. Yeah, and I'm seeing it radically change. Yeah, and I'm kind of going, okay, this is a like, how can I buy into this? I don't know in any percentage of any of those <laughs> businesses, but I'm always joking that, I mean, quote unquote joking that I want to, right? Like yeah. when you're ready for an investor, you tell me. Yeah. And But then I also tell them, don't get an investor. You don't need one. So it's kind of like bad, you know, con- uh, contradictory advice. But anyway, um, you know, I, you and I were talking earlier that you have about a 20% chance of becoming a millionaire. That is by, by having a million dollars in your name if you're a white person yeah it's like a 21 percent if you are asians uh and it's it's like two point something percent if you're latino and two point something percent if you're black so as somebody who loves america if you wanted to say hey what would be the best thing to sustain a robust economy in you know the american economic ecosystem I would say it's 10x the number of Latino and black millionaires. Like that is the lowest hanging fruit in terms of making this country financially strong. And then there is this massive influx that could happen of creativity, innovation, entrepreneurialism that is largely untapped. And it's amongst a people group, two different people groups, the Latinos and and the African-Americans here in America. So part of it is – you know, I hope I have a little bit of compassion, but really I'm probably somewhere on the Asperger spectrum that I'm just going, look, this is the most bottom line. This is the best opportunity we have as Americans. Yeah. And it's being overlooked. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I personally love it. They're, they're like family. Our biggest, you know, struggle now is we get together for three hours at a time. We get like eight minutes worth of work done. <laughs> and then the rest of the time we're eating food, yeah. talking about food, or yeah. gossiping. That's yeah. what we <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I just want to say, man, I appreciate your heart. Um, I've always been a fan of 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 you, um, and I just love what you're doing and how you're helping people build brands and build businesses. And when I saw you on your Instagram promoting your your new book, um, how to grow your small business, I remember DMing you and I was like, hey, sir, I I would love to have you on my show, because here's the truth. I feel as if African-Americans, black people are some of the most creative people in the world, but we don't have ownership of our creativity. Right. And I think that we lack we lack ownership because we've never been taught how to build a business. Um, I think majority of the time, not all, I'm not saying for all, but I think a lot of us, we've been taught how to survive, but not how to own and to build ownership and pass it down. And when I saw your book and I know your heart for all people, black people, white people, everyone, I said, sir, I got to get you on the show. And so I, I, I did some research, man. There are literally... I couldn't even get the actual number, but there's over 100,000 books written on how to start a business, how to write off this, how to write off that. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, what did you see missing in that space that Donald Miller could bring to the conversation of how to build um, a business? But you've you've built multiple businesses, multi-million dollar businesses. What did you see missing? I mean, what and what will we get from this book that I'm reading um, on how to build a business? 
Hey fam, quick question and we'll get right back to the show. Are you tired of worrying about your money? Are you tired of hidden fees and long waiting times for your paycheck? Look no further. You see, with my friends at Chime, the number one most loved online banking app, you can say goodbye to all of that and say hello to stress-free finances. You know, with Chime, you get paid up to two days early. That means no more waiting around for your paycheck. No more worrying about unexpected fees like some of these other banks and no more credit checks or large security deposits. Chime is all about providing you with the financial freedom we all deserve. Don't take my word for it. I want you to try Chime out today and see for yourself why it's so loved by many of our friends. Visit anthonyoneal.com forward slash Chime or click the link in today's show notes to get started and take control of your finances. Speaking of your finances, let's get back to today's show that's helping you. Peace out. Uh, what, what I saw that was missing was an easy step-by-step plan to turn your business into, you know, a machine. And he, here's what happened to me. I um, Well, two things happened, Anthony, early on. Um, one is I was a speaker and a writer. That's how I got started. And I literally saw myself as a writer. I did not see myself as a business person. Mm. I had a book hit the New York Times for 42 consecutive weeks. I mean, dream come true. And probably, I'm, I, I, I'm going to share numbers with you. I probably like cleared half a million dollars or something on that book. I paid off my house with mm. that book, and because uh, I, I knew I was, I knew I shouldn't have the money. <laughs> 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 I was smart enough to know don't let me have access to this money. So I just paid off my house where I couldn't get to the money. Well, I sold that house. And I sold it in order to buy a different house. And right as I sold the house, my current house, uh, the other house fell through. Somebody else bought it. Wow. And so I lost that house. It was a heartbreaker. But I'm sitting on about $350,000. So I'd put three hundred fifty away, probably spend one hundred fifty on a kayak and a t- Toyota Tacoma, <laughs> stupid <laughs> stuff like that. And, um, and uh, I said I, there was an opportunity to do a short-term investment that a friend of mine and I were going in on together. And I went in, and one Monday morning, uh, the news came back. I lost every single penny. Wow. So I had, I had $5,000 to my name, 42 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. All that money was gone. I had just started dating the woman who is now my wife, so it was it was it was even more emasculating and and identity crushing, you know, n- you know you're dumb with money, everything dark that you could possibly say to yourself. I was saying, there was also a small tiny voice in the back of my mind. Maybe it was God. I don't know, but the voice was saying, "This is literally the best thing that has ever happened to you in terms of your career. Mm. L- literally the best, Miller." And I started to believe that voice and say, okay, I don't know how that voice is true, but it's a point of light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm going to walk toward it. What, I, what, what that season did for me is it did the number one foundational thing that everybody listening to me needs to do. And I don't know if you can even do it without, without you know, that emotional sort of punch, but it was take ownership. Mm. So I have to take ownership of my future, of my business, of my money. Everything, and I let my manager go. I let my literary agent go. Uh, my assistant happened to be kind of resigning at that time. She gave me like a she, she gave me a wonderful six month runway, and instead of hiring a new assistant, I hired somebody that I thought could run a business. Now I didn't know, or help me run a business. I didn't know what sort of business I was going to get into, but I knew I'm getting that money back. I'm mm-hmm. getting that three hundred fifty thousand dollars back. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know that three hundred fifty thousand dollars in your hand literally means seven hundred thousand dollars that you have to make because you're going to give half of it to the government. Yep. So, I I did that and started a business. It was a conference business, uh, you know, kind of self help uh, life plan stuff, and I really enjoyed that. In order to grow that business, I created a marketing framework that I soon realized is bigger than anything I've ever done. I wrote a book on that. That book sold, I think now, like 850,000 copies. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting on a marketing framework education business that you know every small business owner needs to know how to clarify their message. That scaled so big, I had 30 employees. And at now that's, that's point number one is I, I, I fell apart, hit rock bottom, and, and learned to own it. Then when that business hit about 3.5 million, 
a friend of mine named Bill was kind of a mentor and still is a good friend. And he, he had scaled up his father's company into the billions, and he helped small business owners like me figure out what they need to do. And I, we were standing in my driveway, and, I, and we'd met a, a dozen times, but we were standing in my driveway, and I just sort of jokingly said, but I was also testing it. I was testing him when I said it. I said I'd really like to own a $100 million business someday. Well, the first time ever – I looked into Bill's eyes, and I could tell Bill didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> and I said, Bill, be honest. And he, he just he took off his glasses. Now, this guy had never said a critical word to me. Mm. He'd always been encouraging because he knows what small business owners mostly need. It's you yeah. can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Um, but he looked at me, and he said, Don, if you want to go to $100 million, you're going to have to, quote, professionalize your operation. That's so good. Right, and I do. Have you ever heard that? I've never heard anybody say that. No. But as soon as he said it, I mean, it hit me in the chest, and it rang true like a bell for the next five years. Wow! And so what I did was wow. I started uh, researching and creating systems and processes that would allow my business to more or less run extremely well, so that we weren't burdened or bogged down with putting out fires and struggling to find cash and always feeling like a hamster on a hamster wheel. Um, and there ended up being six of those systems and processes that worked. We tried roughly 570 that didn't work. Six of them worked, and this book is those six. And when I installed slowly and through fits and false starts and through two steps forward, one step back, as I installed the systems and processes, my company went from three and a half million to seventeen million, and our profit margin went from probably thirty percent to sixty four percent. So it worked, and then I realized, wait a second, you know, I've got a marketing business, but I know all this stuff that entrepreneurs need to understand about how to get this thing going, and make sure it works really well. And that was the genesis of the book. And so the very first page of that book, I talk about Bill saying to me, you've got to professionalize your operation, and uh, this is how we did it. And there are basically you know, six parts to it. You've got to overhaul your leadership and cast a, an economic vision. Most people cast a vision, but they don't cast an economic vision. You've got to overhaul your marketing and clarify your message. You've got to overhaul your sales. Even if you are a solopreneur, you have to learn how to sell in such a way that it's it's non-sleazy, it's very uh, consult consultative-oriented. Then, uh, so leadership, marketing, sales, your product optimization, you've got to figure out what you're selling and how to sell it for more. Mm. And so I talk about that in the book, how to take what you're already selling and sell it for more. And you do that, of course, by adding value. And there's hidden value everywhere that we're not seeing. I just talked to somebody who charges $250 for a product, and we changed a few things, just a few things about that product, and now she charges $10,000 for the same product. No, sir. No, and sir. I can, tell you, I can tell you the story. You'll, no, you'll go, that makes sense. <laughs> no, sir. So, so you've got to get your products right. Then you've got to get your management of your overhead right. And then you've got to get your cash flow right. So those I teach I teach in the book six frameworks on how to get those six parts right, and if you if you reverse engineer it, those six things leadership, marketing, sales, overhead and operations, product optimization, and cash flow are the six reasons most businesses fail. And when I say most, literally sixty five percent of businesses, yeah, sixty five percent of small businesses crash. And how long do you know? Is it within the first year, three within years? Within the first year, it's twenty five percent. Within five years, it's forty five percent. Within ten years, it's sixty five percent. And they all they all fail for the same reason. They ran out of money. Ran out of money. That's it. So you can't run out of money. Can't, you can't run, run out of money. money. And then and so your all, book helps us helps us really put the systems in place first, so you're building yeah. correctly throughout these 10 years to go from zero to whatever that number is. That's right. The first five frameworks, leadership, marketing, sales, product optimization, and management, right. the first five frameworks help you make a ton of cash, and then the sixth framework helps you keep it. Come on. <laughs> because it's, it's cash flow. And, and, and you, know, you can dive into any one of those, but you know, 
sometimes I'm criticized because I talk so much about making money. The reality is, you know, I've got a $17 million business. My wife and I live off $150,000 a year. We're probably the fourth or fifth highest paid person in my company. Now, the company that the profit that the company makes goes into investments. So, yes, I, I have a lot of money, but I don't spend it. Right. I, I, we spend $150,000 a year, and the money that I make is actually put into investments. Now, I got married late. I got married at 42, became a dad at 49. I'm now 51. So let's be honest. This is the money that my wife and her next husband will enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, yo, I'm let's like, go, Donald. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be a great guy. Yo, look, Donald, you, you a better man than me because I'm going to put it in my will. You cannot remarry with my money. <laughs> hey, my wife, for putting up with me, my wife deserves to marry whoever she wants. Hey, to man, one. you was a now, good she man. Hates, by the way, she hates these jokes. I think they're funny. <laughs> she, she doesn't think they're funny. Hey, uh, man, Miss Miller, I feel you. I understand. <laughs> Studies are showing nearly right now, currently in the year 2023, that nearly 70% of people live in paycheck to paycheck. When you dive deeper into the study, study reveals that out of that 70%, a large portion of those are people who make over six figures. These are people who are living paycheck to paycheck because of inflation, because of job loss. But a lot of people saying, man, we have an income problem. And here's, here's the truth. We don't really have an income problem. We have a lack of utilizing our gifts and skills problem. You have the skills, you have the talents that God put on inside of you. And I want to ask you this question. I want you to be very honest. Are you utilizing them correctly? Or are you just going to work, getting that check, coming home, and not really utilizing your gifts and skills to build wealth to pay off debt? Well, listen, I am hosting a free, a 100% free masterclass here with the next few days. And I'm teaching people how to build a personal brand, how to use the gifts and the skills that God put on the inside of you and turn that into an extra thousand to five thousand dollars a month to go towards paying off debt, to go towards, you know, building an emergency fund, to go towards building a dream home. But I'm going to go even a step further. What if you can use the same principles? I'm going to be teaching for free. You make an extra one thousand to five thousand. But what happens if you could turn it into a six-figure income or maybe a seven-figure income within the next couple of years. Well, if you are ready to take control of your money, if you're ready ready to utilize the gifts and the skills God has given you to build a legacy, to build wealth for yourself, can you meet me? I want you to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash save my seat. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash save my seat. Or you can click the link in today's show notes. It's 100% free. Come join me. Let me show you. Let me show you how we, my team and I, built a seven-figure brand and how we can put $1,000 in your pocket for the next 30 to 60 days. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Man, but I got to ask this question, though, because I want, I want to get back to the book, because you're helping us right now. You're, you're giving us encouragement, man. And we're going to be dropping his book in, in the show notes, you guys. Um, make sure you get it. We're going to help him get to New York Times bestseller again. Get him another 47 weeks on New York Times bestsellers <laughs> list. Um, uh, but how is it possible that someone of your status can live off $150,000 because I have people who, who say they can't live off $150,000. Yeah. Well, it is, it is a trick. So let me, let me tell you what I really mean by that. Okay. Um, our, we built a house. It took us five years to build it. And it is and beautiful. I, <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful place. Yeah. I mean, I never, ever, uh, the house that I live in is, uh, the, 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 the house that I grew up in that my single mom and my sister and I grew up in, that we bought for thirty, she bought for thirty thousand uh, dollars. That ha- two of those houses will fit in our garage, and and let me just say this: we don't have a big garage. <laughs> That's it's literally like we were just that poor. So the idea that I could, that, you know, was it, our, the house that we grew up in was less than eight hundred square feet, and it was wow. a three bedroom. Wow. So you know, it was you know basically our closet is bigger than my bedroom. But we, but that that I say that to say I never ever 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 in a million years thought that something like this would happen to me, until I realized, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want people to be mad at me, but uh, until I realized how easy it is to actually grow a business, <clears throat> and and I, I I think if we say it's hard and it's such a burden, you know, you got a mindset. Yes, there are setbacks. Yes, there are failures. Yes, there's all that. But if you just wake up every day and keep working on it, it's gonna, it's gonna break through. And if you keep learning from your mistakes, it's going to break through. And so, uh, you know, after I learned that, that everything kind of took off. Now, let me answer your question. We live off $150,000, but what the money that it took to build the house and the money that it takes to maintain the house is not part of that. 
So I would consider that an investment. Okay. And in the market where I live, Nashville, Tennessee, we are we are earning, you know, a lot of money every year on the equity in our home. Now mm-hmm. I don't I personally don't believe that your home is where you should actually invest all of your money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in this market, uh, it 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 has just it was the smartest thing I could do to beat inflation. Okay. And we crushed it. Yeah. So every dollar that inflation came up, my home was being worth more, and I wasn't taking that as a loss. So now, so when I say one hundred fifty thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand dollars pays for our food, our dry cleaning, pays for our gas, pays for our, you know, we have a nanny, pays for our nanny, pays for our milk, pays for that stuff, but it doesn't include everybody's biggest expense, which is a mortgage. Yeah. So the truth is, we're probably at something like two twenty five. Okay. And then the rest. Let me just walk you. Through, can I walk you through the five checking accounts? Please do. Everybody needs to needs. If you're driving right now, um, <laughs> drive toward a bank. <laughs> <laughs> so you have five checking accounts. Yeah. So this is the final of the framework. This is the part that teaches you to keep your money. Okay. The, the first checking account is an operating expense account. That is where all of your money for your business goes in and out of. It goes in and out of that account. Um, now, you're going to pay yourself into a second account, and that is your primary checking account. It's your personal checking account. And let's say you pay yourself sixty grand a year because r- what you've got right now is a side hustle. Yeah. So you're going to pay yourself $2,500 every two weeks. Okay. Now, there's a third account, and that's called the tax account. It's the account mm-hmm. nobody likes. Every dollar that you pay yourself, you have to match in the tax account. Absolutely. So if you're paying yourself $5,000 a month, you got to put $5,000 a month in a tax account. That is how you keep from being surprised by a tax bill. Yep. Um, it's also That tax account also operates as a rainy day fund because if you ever run out of money, you can pull money out of the tax account and spend it on the business, which then is not taxable. Yep. So, so now you've got three accounts. Those three accounts every entrepreneur needs to have right now. Yes. Now there's a fourth account, and that's called business profit. And what you want to do is you want to boil over the top of operating expenses. You want one month of operating expenses in your operating expense account. If that's $10,000, great. Let's say that you check your operating expense account. You've been paid, your taxes have been paid, and you've got twenty grand in your operating expense account. You want to take $10,000 and put it in taxes and 10000 and put it in business profit. Now, business profit is also your money. So you're being paid for your, in your primary checking, which is your salary, and you're also being paid in business profit. However, you can't spend it yet, according to my system. Yeah. You need six months, and you teach this all the time. Yep. Anthony, you need you need six months of overhead in your business profit account. Now, once you have sixty thousand dollars in business profit account, let's say that you check it one day and you've got eighty. You're going to open a fifth account, and that's called investment holding. Mm. So twenty thousand dollars because you've got eighty. You've got six months of overhead. And you've got twenty thousand extra. You're going to move that into investment holding and not match it in taxes because this money has already been paid. Yep. The taxes on this money has already been paid. Now the game is get as much money into investment holding as you can. Yeah. Yeah. So psychologically, what we've done is we've we've it's all psychological, you know, strategy here. But the psycho- psychologically, what we've done is we've separated our money from the business's money. Yep. You say, Don, isn't it my business? It is, but the business eats cash too, and it's very hungry. So you need to protect the business at all costs because the business is what pays you. Yes. So you've got to protect that operating expense account. You've got to protect the tax account because, you know, I have a dear, dear friend who just called me recently and said, Don, they've shut down. The government has come in and shut down my operating expense account because she didn't pay state taxes. So the state came in and shut it down. Mm. And I said, how much money was in your tax account? She said, I didn't have one. I was just paying it out of my operating expense account. So it's very important that we separate that money. She's fine, by the way. We were able to get her through it, and she's fine. Um, so, But the real key is when you ask yourself how successful is your business, I have one question for you. How much money is your investment holding account? Ooh. Because that's the real money. Yeah. Now, here's the, here's the trick. Here's what old white people know. Come on, talk to us. <laughs> talk to us. Um, what they, what old white people know, and more and more African Americans are figuring it out. And the more African Americans figure this out, the better off our overall American economy is. And yeah. that is this: investment holding. You can spend it if you want to buy a bass boat. Spend it if you want to buy a house. What I did with it is I bought a house because I knew in the luxury market in Nashville this thing is going to make a ton of money. But now that the house is paid off, what I do with that is I put it into stocks. 
I put it into equity and other small businesses. I put it into products, if you will, CDs, treasury bonds, stocks. I put it into products that make me money without me having to work. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So you want, even if it's listen, even if it's fifty bucks, go buy a treasury bond. Come on. And just keep, get that money away from you. Now, here's what happens. You make a, an extremely conservative 5% on the money you invest. I'm, I probably make 8 to 10. And anybody, and I'm not an investor, so I, you know, there's other people making a lot more. Yeah. But, but uh, you make at least 5%. So if you put $100,000 into investments, it is making you $5,000 a year. Yeah. Now, at the end of a year, you got 105. At the end of the next year, you got about 100, 111. Yep. You know, so on and so on. So co- we all know the power of compound interest. So um, I have a, a, a group of interns that uh, all just graduated from Tennessee State, and I, you know, we're sitting around the conference table, and I said to the, I said to them, I said, "Look, you're driving down the street, your car, you're about to throw a rod in that engine. You know, it's it, it's it's gone. These kids are, you know, they're just out of co- barely out of college." <laughs> And I and I said, you see a Toyota 4Runner, and it's ten thousand dollars. How much does that How much does that truck cost? And they looked at me like, didn't you just say it cost ten thousand dollars? I'm like, how much does it cost? They said ten thousand dollars. I said wrong, <laughs> because in order to get that ten thousand dollars as an entrepreneur, you had to put ten thousand dollars into taxes. Ooh. So you had to earn twenty thousand dollars to get that ten thousand dollar truck. And I said, how much does it cost? And they said. 20 grand? I said, wrong. <laughs> Let's say you took that $10,000 and you put it into investments. Well, you're going to get 5% on that investment, which means in 20 years, that $10,000 turns into $20,000. So the opportunity cost on your truck is 10000 extra, meaning 20 years from now, that Toyota 4Runner is going to cost you $30,000. Take an Uber. now here's what really blew their minds is that let's say that you keep doing this and i know everybody listening is like this dude is talking about money you have no idea how much money you were going to have 24 months now you really don't know right and you might have to manage it and i would say just be prepared and if you can manage the small money this way then when it gets big you start you start rolling in it right yeah so what happens is somebody like warren buffett you know he's got let's say he's got a hundred billion dollars in investments he has actually more than that yeah but let's say he's got a hundred billion dollars how do these guys how do the one percent of the one percent get this money and create this wealth disparity in our country. And there's a massive wealth disparity, and by the way, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But how does it happen? Well, if he's got $100 billion in his investment that he took out of his investment holding and put it into stocks and all that kind of stuff, he's making $5, he's making $5 billion a year to do nothing. To do nothing. Now, $5 billion a year is what he's making. Now, you say, well, Don, you know... Um, why doesn't he take it out? Well, here's why he doesn't take it out. He doesn't take it out for two reasons. One, if he takes money out of the market, he, ha- he, gets pay- he has to pay taxes. So you and I pay taxes on what we make. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett only pays taxes on what he spends. <laughs> That's, so there's a, the tax code is not fair in the sense that if you make money off money, you don't pay taxes on it. But if you make money off work, you do. Mm. <laughs> so to- isn't that horrible? Mm. Now you say, well, why is the government doing that? Well, the government does that because the billions that he has in the market are actually capital that corporations can use to create jobs. Facts. Now, what Warren Buffett does, let's say he wants $100 million. Now, if he takes $100 million out of, the, of his stock portfolio, two things happen. One is he signals to all the other people who have invested in his company that he doesn't believe in his company. Mm-hmm. He's taking money out. And they, then they start taking money out, and then his company implodes. So now he's invested. He's he's incentivized to leave it in the market, mm-hmm. right? And what does it do in the market? It creates compound interest, and he just gets richer and richer. Yeah. Not only that, if he takes a hundred million out, he has to give twenty million dollars to the government. Yep. So what he does is he goes down to the bank, and he says, "Look, I've got a hundred billion dollars <clears throat> right over there. See it?" And they're like, "Yeah, we see it." And he says, "Can I borrow a hundred million against that hundred billion?" <clears throat> and they say, "Heck yeah." Like you're good for it, <laughs> and then he pays four percent interest on the hundred million that he borrowed instead of twenty percent tax on the hundred million he took out. 
That's just a whole. So he is literally. These people are not evil. <laughs> They're literally just like going. It's. I don't even have to. You don't have to be smart to figure that out. You're just like, well, wait a second. If I pull that out, I pay twenty million. If I pull this out, I pay like what eight grand. Oh. They're like, yeah. Well, then I'm going to pull this out for eight grand. So we do have to figure out as a country how to incentivize really wealthy people into uh, what I would do is I'd create an SBA, a small business association fund. Mm. And what I would do is I'd guarantee 5% interest if Warren Buffett puts his money in this fund. So now we're competing with the stock market, Mm -hmm. but small business owners would have access to his capital and he would not be charged any taxes on that capital. In fact, he'd make money on it. Then the rest of us would be able to get to that money, right? But Warren Buffett is not a bad guy. He's just a guy going, look, you know, don't call me bad because I'm rich. All I'm doing is like not doing anything with my money. Literally, that's all I'm doing <laughs> is not doing anything with it like we should all be doing. So what I love doing, and in this book talks about it, is if the rest of us can learn how to do that, which they don't teach in school. Yeah. If entrepreneurs can learn how to do that, then you and I can start rolling in millions, too. <sighs> <laughs> it's so it's really fun, Anthony. If you get into it, it's really really fun. But the the key is though, you've got to build a business that will make enough money so that when you check your investment holding account, it's going up, and then you can go find those products, those financial products that you can you can buy to make money without without uh, work. So I have four. I did not have the investment holding account, and I'll be honest yeah. on my own show. Well, well, the investment holding is it's a temporary account, right? Like you're putting money in it and when you go and so, and you're going to have to choose. Like do you want to put the $50,000 into the stock market or do you want to say wait a second, you know, if that gets to 250, I might be able to buy equity in somebody else's small business or I might be able to buy a duplex yeah. or whatever. Uh, you know, you you, you kind of play that game with it, but yeah. the the money doesn't stay in investment holding because cash in the bank is not making you enough money to right. to compete with inflation. So you know that that money you you, you know you, you do what you want with, but ultimately at the end of the day, and I mean at the end of a very short period of time, you end up having a portfolio yeah. that is you know making you money without, and then as long as you're working and making money. And getting your salary and living off that salary, you are getting rich. Yes, sir. So what I say is don't buy the bass boat or the albino tiger or the parakeet that can say cuss languages in foreign language. <laughs> you know, don't, don't buy that with the money you make. Buy it with the money your investments make. Good. So okay. buy toys and have fun and go on that culinary vacation in Italy where you're eating your way across whatever – Buy that with the money your investments make because the next year that money is replaced uh-huh. year after year after year after year. Uh-huh. And you that's how the that's how the wealthy live. That's how they do it. Thank you, Donna. Thank <laughs> you. I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is what we need. This is the conversation that black people, the black community, the minority community, we need to hear. And thank you for literally bringing that conversation to the table because I mean, it's, it's learning. And, and and I know people are thinking like, well, wait, he said his investment account was able to build his home. There's a whole strategy for that. And we got to well, bring you the, back on the show to talk about that, you know? Well, but the other thing is like the only way any of this works is if your business is making money. That's good. And so, so you've got to focus on just the work, the work. You yeah. know, what am I doing to make money, to get money to flow down the assembly line yeah. through the five accounts into investment holding? Yeah. And once you figure that out, you know, then you've got a money making machine. Your business exists to buy products that make you money without working. You know, they say that the number one, one of the number one rising companies, small types of businesses, right, are content creators and these new influencers online. Yep. Your book, How to Start a Small Business. And when I think about that person, that's me. You know, I'm a. I'm a brand. I'm a personal brand. I'm a content creator. I teach people how to pretty much get out of debt and how to build a, you know, um, a, a personal brand. Will your book help someone like me who has a story, a journey, and I want to launch a content creation business or a online digi- digital educational course? Yeah, chapter two is going to help you uh, define your authentic message, mm-hmm. and and you know in the. I mean, we all know AI is going to disrupt things. Yes. And so uh, 
I don't think it's going to disrupt things as much as people think. Right. Uh, however, it's going to create some really fantastic content. Yeah. What AI will never be able to do is have a fun-loving personality that people trust. I'm sorry. People do not trust a computer. They trust a person. Mm -hmm. So if you are an individual content creator and you learn to be authentic and to be differentiated in the market and to be yourself, mm -hmm. uh, then I think you've got a competitive advantage moving forward. Ah, man, listen, I appreciate you. One thing you said in your book that I want to do before we, we end the show here, I, w I wish we had a two-hour show with you. Um, uh, but you said something that was good. I want to ask you, what do you mean by this? You say, uh, and, I, and I'm asking you this question. I wrote it down in my notebook. Uh, why are small businesses too big to fail? Yeah, there, well, there are 33 million small businesses in America. Now, if if they average two employees, which is probably average, I mean, there's a lot of solopreneurs out there, but let's, so let's say they average two employees, that's 66 million jobs. Wow. Now, if 65% of them fail within 10 years, how many millions of jobs does that mean in terms of turnover in the economy? Mm. And, and the sad thing is, you know, of that 65%, you know, probably 20% either didn't have a good product or the economy, you know, shifted on them, and it was a legitimate reason to fail. Mm. The other 45% did one of six things. They didn't define three economic objectives, which mm -hmm. I teach you to do in Chapter 1. Okay. They didn't clarify their message, okay. which I teach you to do in Chapter 2. They didn't understand how to write a million-dollar sales pitch, which I, I teach you in Chapter 3. By the way, I just spoke to 250 sales reps in, uh, in Las Vegas. And I said, um, listen, I know you guys have all attended sales training, and I know it's really boring. And I know that you're not convinced it can make you money. So here's what we're going to do. Raise your hand if you have a client sitting the fence. 250 hands went up. I said, open your laptop. We're going to email them right now. And we wrote an email, 250 different emails to 250 different clients. And I put on the big screen, I put a formula for writing that email. And I said, hit send. And we closed $2.4 million by the end of the day. By the end of the day. Now, wait a minute. Is that formula inside this book? It's inside the book. Hey, there's, man, only one, there's only <laughs> one chapter in the book that's printed in color. Because I wanted to color code that formula so, to better, so that people could better understand it, and that's chapter three. Chapter four is how to optimize your product, how to take that two hundred fifty dollars product and sell it for ten grand. Uh, then chapter five is managing yourself and a group of people, and basically you can run your company on five meetings. And then chapter six is the five checking accounts that I explained earlier. How to grow your small business, by the way, is the name of the book. I keep forgetting to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Don, I'm, I'm curious, man. From your expertise, you've helped people like like myself, uh, Mignon Francois, uh, who is my, I call her my spiritual mother. Yes, um, she is. She She's was just on the show here a couple of weeks ago, the owner of Cupcake Collections. And she said you've uh, you've been mentoring her. And I got to ask you well, this question. She's been mentoring me. I think it's more, oh, <laughs> more, more how that works. <laughs> you know, um, someone starting a business today during this recession time. Some people are scared. They're scared yeah. of their job. They're scared of what 2023 is going to look like. I'm curious from your seat to people like myself. I've been a small business owner now for going on two years. What would you say to that person who just started the business and they're seeing this recession? They're seeing the news saying, hey, things are going to shift. Inflation is crazy high. They're a little discouraged. And then also they just started. So they're going to get your book, but they're like, OK, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to apply it. But am I going to be OK this year? Am I going to be OK next year? What's yeah. your thoughts from sitting in your chair? OK, well, you know, two things. One, one, just really quick, the International Monetary Fund, which is a pretty good uh, litmus test for what's going to happen in the economy is saying mild at best recession for the United States. Say that fun, uh, Say that again. International Monetary Fund. They, they basically study global economics and they're saying for the United States, probably uh, a, a mild recession. So the fears are, are so far unfounded. Uh but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. The, the other people who are saying mild recession are the ec the economists at Amazon.com. They have a team, a building of economists that attempt attempts to predict the future. And they are saying mild economic recession. That is recent. That has changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, inflation, you know, the answer to inflation is charge more. You know, that's it. You know, do it now. 
I know it's I know it's scary and you think people are going to buy your thing, but you, you're going to have to charge more. Um, the other thing that I would just say, and let let me, you know, chapter one of the book basically says you need to create a goal for a, a, a measurable number of products to sell within 24 months, and you need three of those. Okay. So we're going to sell we're going to sell you know 700 wedding cakes. We're going to sell you know uh, 5,000 uh, you know dozen uh, cases of uh, of cupcakes or 5,000 dozen cupcakes. Uh, and we're going to, uh, you know, increase our corporate cupca- cupcake retainer delivery program from 40 businesses to 600 businesses within the next 24 months. The human brain can only prioritize three things at a time. Okay. And so when you actually say, here are the three ways. Now, there may be 25 ways that you make money, but here are the three ways we make the most money. And he, our goal is to – and I, I, I'd say our goal is to have a 100% increase in each of those – you're going to be okay because what happens is you begin to reverse engineer the success rather than just go, I want more money. If you wake up and say, I want more money, and by the way, when I say I want more money, I want more money for my business. My business needs cash. It's, I don't get to spend it. Yeah. I, I make 150 grand a year, which is great, but you know that's what I make. So I need money for the business and for my investment holding account. So, but if you are, if you're waking up saying I want more money, you're not going to get it. But if you wake up and say, I want to sell 700 wedding cakes, you're going to get it. That's good. Does that make sense? That's good. And so it's got to be broken down into these bite-sized things. And when then when you're at, you know, when you're 12 months in and you only sold 300 wedding cakes, you're at about 80% of your run rate. Yeah. So then you got to go, you know what? I need to create a press release. I need to put wedding cakes on my end cap. I need to yep. get involved in a wedding, uh, you know, conference business or, you know, I need to buy a booth somewhere. I need You start reverse engineering the success based on your three economic objectives. Yeah. I have never seen a business establish three economic objectives and those products need to be highly profitable and in demand. I've never seen a business uh, uh, not succeed. Some of them don't reach the goal. Mm-hmm. But they they make a truckload more money when they actually get focused on what they're on how they make money. It, it all goes down to the thing that I practice, and I tell this to my team as well, that if we aim at nothing, we'll hit that all the time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But if we aim at something, we may not hit the target, but we'll dag on. We'll get close. You know. Yep. And, yep. and um, man, thank you, thank you, Donald. Th- thank you. Where where can we get your book? How can we uh, get this book? And y'all, we not just one. This year, I told you all, there's two things that I really want y'all focusing on is um, if you're going to go to career route tech, and then if you're going to um, not go to tech route and you have a job, I want you starting a small business on the side. And mm-hmm. so I want you to get this book for yourself and then buy another so we can give it out to someone else. Uh, because I do believe, and I'll say this respectfully, that we are the African-American and even the Latino community, we are some of the most creative people, but we haven't learned how to own it build it correctly so we can leave this as a legacy for our kids. And what Donald Miller has put together, you guys, his his first book, Story Brand, changed my life. And it, and it built, it laid down the, found, the solid foundation for us to build a seven-figure business. And I'm reading his How to Start a Small Business because he said some things in here that I, I'm like, okay, wait, I need some more information there because I want to go from seven figures to eight figures. Um, and we have those three things put into place of what we're trying to do. And so now I'm going to go and learn what are the things we need to put into place to get to that goal uh, down the road. So I want y'all to get it. But Donald, where can we go to get this book and to learn more information about everything that you have and that you're offering to grow, not just our businesses, but our brands as well and our messages. Yeah. Well, I mean, the number one thing I can do to help you is if you get the book, Category Small Business on Amazon, it's also available on Audible. And I know most business owners, they ain't sitting down and read a book. <laughs> you know, we're driving around <laughs> yeah. from worksite to worksite. Yeah. So Audible. And then there's actually some editorial comments after each chapter on Audible that I, I wish I could have included in the book, but they were just more you know stuff that I was in the studio. I just thought, oh, let me tell you about Mignon, right? Yeah. And so that that was really fun. So there's you actually get some extra, and it's a cheaper price. Okay. Uh, and then that book is going to take you to uh, smallbusinessflightplan.com. And at smallbusinessflightplan.com, my team has created uh, some online software 
where every every one of those six steps has worksheets. Wow. Let me give you an example. The sales script, you can go in and type in a sales script. Let's say we're trying to sell a wedding cake to a couple that just visited my shop. I can type in a sales script, a letter, an email letter to that couple, and it will color code whether or not you're getting you are inviting them into a story or not. So It'll highlight the problem that they're experiencing in red. It'll highlight your product in purple. It'll highlight um, the the three-step plan in brown. It'll highlight the negative consequences if they don't buy the cake in yellow, the positive consequences in blue. And in green, it'll highlight the call to action. And if those parts are not in that email, you're not going to close the deal. And if those parts are in that email, you are going to close the deal. Mm. So it helps you figure out how to word things in such a way that you close the deal. That's just one of the worksheets that's available. And it's free. When you buy the book, just go to smallbusinessflightplan.com and you can use all those worksheets. And that's what you talk about in your book on providing value. If you're going to grow your business, you got to provide more value. Because my business is business to business specifically, yeah. I know that the more money I make other people, the better off I'm going to do. So I don't wake up saying I want to make money. What I wake up saying is I want my clients to make enormous amounts of money. And if they do, they will pay me $12 for a book. Yeah. And then if thousands of them do that, you know, I get to buy – uh, I get to put money into investment holding, and Betsy and her next husband get a really great life. <laughs> I was just about to say that you, it's not your investments holding; it's, it's your wife and her next husband is going to have all the Don't life that you've ever this. wanted. Don't let her hear this podcast. Hey, listen, you know what? Y'all living off of one fifty. Her next husband and her will be living off of a million. <laughs> I know it. They are. They're not. They're not going to understand. You know. <laughs> oh man. Well, Donald, thank you so much, man, for just your time, just your heart, and just your. your wisdom like you literally came on here and you became a teacher you, you taught all of us you taught me some things i was like wait okay i literally uh took notes in my book i do this on every interview but i did two pages uh worth of notes uh today and i just thank you so much for for your wisdom well let me let me also say anthony it's it's, it's rare to talk to anybody who has succeeded on your level and understand that they have they have remained grounded yeah and it's the easiest thing to do is to lose your head when you succeed. And you have not done it. So I don't know who you're surrounding yourself with or what you're doing in the morning or whether your wife wakes up and tells you who you really are. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it's an honor to spend time with you. Okay. And if you rub off on me, man, I'm going to be a better person. I'm grateful. Hey, man, I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you. Well, y'all, we're over time. Thank y'all so much for rocking with us to the end. Uh, make sure you all get Donald's book, his information. We'll drop his book. We'll drop his Instagram and his website. Um, in today's show notes and make sure y'all go follow him every single day he's literally dropping a quick one minute nuggets to help you get through your business so get the book follow him subscribe to him and i promise you uh, you'll thank yourself for subscribing and following him within a year from now so i would love you all see you all on the next show peace out